If nobody turned that one steer the four times you ran that night, you didn't get a turn in. You just didn't get to row. <laughs> Who in the heck loans you $30,000 to go rodeo? What are you talking about? We get done. We're like, this sucks. We're still going to do it. I, I can't stand it. So I just go up to him and I, I am like, is there something wrong with your brain? So we're officially hey, going. Unoffendable. You know, yeah, that that is our that really is our man. The name of the podcast is the Flatbed Podcast, and the reason it's for that is the Flatbed is like <laughs> we got Chris Young on the podcast today. Uh, it's funny to me. Chris is kind of a quiet guy. He's pretty reserved. You don't hear him talking a lot, and then you get him behind a microphone at a rope and announcing a jackpot or something, and he opens up. Uh, I think it's a, a prerequisite being from East Texas. You got to be able to communicate a little bit, and he he does. Cool stories. It was cool to hear kind of where he came up and his transition to Wickenburg, his plans for the future. Uh, him and Macy, I know that that's kind of the future of the downtown arena. So cool to get to talk to him. Cool to hear how he has progressed from where he's at to where he's going and um, just sort of the evolution of the guy they call Gucci. It's so annoying. Every podcast you listen to says, oh, don't forget to rate and review. Yeah, that's so annoying. Anyway, uh, if you guys don't mind, give us a rate and review. It's how we climb up and easier to find for other people. Do not fast forward. We're going into a couple ads. You guys, check out the ropingcalendar.com. There's an app in all of the stores, whether it's Apple, whether you've got an Android, whatever the case may be, search Roping Calendar. This is the fastest way to find only the information that you're looking for. I know that Arizona can be chaotic. There can be a lot going on. The most comprehensive, up-to-date list of the events that you can find in Arizona are at Roping Calendar. Check it out in the App Store. Check out the website. You can search by date. You can search by location. You can search by event. You can even search by jackpot number. So say you're looking for a specific number of jackpot. You click on that tab. It'll take you only to the flyers that have what you're looking for. RopingCalendar.com is the website. Roping Calendar in the App Store. It is the fastest-growing website in Arizona for roping-related events. 300,000 page views in its first winter, over 40,000 unique users. Find what you're looking for at the Rope Encounter. Since its launch in 2014, the 1017 Project has donated over 1.2 million servings of hamburger. It's a program that raises rope and steers. We have lease cattle, jackpot steers, and we, when we're done with those, they transition into the food banks. We've partnered with over 65 different food banks between Oregon, Arizona, and Texas. Let me tell you how you can be a part of it. This winter in Arizona, if you have a steer that's a ducker or a dragger or breaks a horn, something that would cause him to not be useful as a rope and steer, think about donating him to the 1017 Project. You can also find out other ways to be a part of making a difference in the lives of the food insecure families who need our help at 1017project.com. We're live. Um, what is the, we're coming in halfway through a conversation here, but what is the rope and arena now? Are they calling it the BFI? Are they calling it the Silver Legacy or what are they? Because they had some sort of a contract to complete their. The arena open. That's what it's called is the arena open. And that's still. Same group, Darren and them guys that are putting it on. Yeah, I texted Darren to enter yesterday. 2,000 man, 20,000 added, 100 teams. So still a really good roping. Should be a big one. Everybody at the rodeo should be there. Yeah. Is that going to be a one-off just to finish their contract or if just see how it goes and maybe do it every year? I don't know. I am confused of the two BFI deals myself. Right. I felt like... I don't know if they were trying to make money off two of them. I don't know if they want to have two BFIs. I don't know. Well, I will, I will admit right now. I don't think right it now. takes away from either one, though. I feel like if you win the one in Guthrie or you win the one in Reno, you still, everybody's yeah. still there. BFI is a BFI. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, and like Cal Fuller, the reason it stands out in my memory, Cal Fuller won the first BFI in Guthrie during COVID and all that, and he was riding that horse that Nick Polera had trained. And I remember, I remember at the moment it didn't feel like – it was like an asterisk or like he won the BFI, but it wasn't really the BFI. Like it, it was the full on, like the setup is big, that big arena. You still feel like watching it. You're still, it's still the same sort of a feel. So. Well, yeah, too. And the main thing, the money, 150 grand. Right. Right. Yeah. You can go win more than that at Vegas, but BFI too, that's a prestigious deal. Yeah. You got a buckle that says BFI on it. I mean. Well, and, and. I, not to minimize or reduce anybody else's victory, but like if if somebody walks in with any buckle that doesn't say open, it's different. When it's an open, when you when you know the best guys, the best horses, the absolute best in the world that day was there. I mean, that's that's a little bit that's a little bit better coffee shop talk. Oh, uh, for sure. You get to rub that one in a little bit more. There are some lower number opens over that have pretty good prestige for buckles. 
my favorite, I've said this a thousand times, my favorite ropens, because we put those ropens on in the Northwest, my absolute favorite ropens are the 7.5. It's a w- one long round. If you catch, you get another one. Everyone comes back to the short round. And that's the one everybody sticks around for. Like they're hanging over the fences and throwing their hats. And like you dally on a leg, you got a shot. I have more fun at the seven and a half ropens. There's no complaints. We sort through them all day. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I think I would put on ropens if I knew I could just put on seven and a half all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are, what's, the, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what I think. And then you tell me if I'm getting it right or if I'm getting it wrong. But Mike and Karen started downtown in Macy sitting over here. How, what year did you guys fire this off? Do you remember? I'm getting, I'm getting a silent no from Macy. Who's notoriously talkative. <laughs> it was 10 years ago, something like that. Right. 2012, something like that. It was for sure before 13, because that was the first year I came out here and they were. Ready. And it was here. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's been my experience. Everybody talks about the beavers over there on Rincon road that forever, that was all there was. That was the only year I got to go. Is that the green arena on the hill? Beavers? Uh, uh, and it's not even there that I think they tore it down. So a lot of this, I'm getting secondhand. I never got to go, but they said it was like that shutting down was the thing that sort of triggered everybody of like, Hey, there's good Macy's now nodding. I'm taking all my silent cues from Macy right now. I'm ta- it, we're, we're speaking sign language, but, uh, that shutting down was kind of the thing that triggered everybody of like, Hey, there's people here. There's a good clientele. There's a lot of team ropers. The weather's good. And then, cause I know that they said that's kind of what triggered Rancho to start was about that same time you guys started here at downtown. Um, Simpsons has been around forever, but I think that's kind of what kicked them off of going that direction. So you guys come in, <laughs> I'm spread out. I'm telling two different stories here. What year did you get here in Wickenburg? You're a resident. This is home last year. This is your, this will be your second full year out here. Mm-hmm. And how was it? How does that compare to just coming out and roping? Cause I know there's a lot of people that they're here for two weeks out of the year and it's stacked no, it's- eight layers deep. Well, there's always, I mean, it's no different than being in Texas. I don't feel like other than there's no trees or no grass. <laughs> it's a lot easier to keep your yard mowed. Oh, for sure. No mowing, no, I mean, I guess there, we have tree trimming. We got to trim mesquite trees, but it's, I don't know. I don't feel, the ropings and stuff don't feel as big living here as like being in Texas and saying, oh, we're going to Arizona. Right. Because uh, these ropings are bigger than any right. of those. I mean, other than like the U.S. finals or whatever once a year. But I mean, you can sure. come out here anytime in the winter and there's the biggest ropings anywhere Right. there is. And I mean, I can remember living over there and being like, oh, man, three months prior, we're getting ready. We're saving up. We're getting our horses done. We're going right. to Arizona. You know right. what I mean? Well, that's, I mean, that's for sure. I think everybody that's not here views Arizona in like two week increments and they're here and it's a great two weeks. And then like what you're saying, you're here all winter and it's like, but that, that's what I didn't understand too. Cause I was a two week guy too. And then I can now I live here, man, in the wintertime, if you rope right. two weeks, my tail, you can do it for months, right? Six right. months. Yeah. It, I mean, Absolutely. If you don't have anything else to do for six months. <laughs> well, hey, this year, this year I came to the Friday night roping. I got I got back. Uh, my kids are playing sports and stuff, and so I snuck out to a Friday night rope, and I was like, ah, I'm gonna run over there. I'm just gonna rope. I'll be home by ten o'clock. Hey, it had so, so many teams. I didn't enter. 10. Hey, I didn't enter. <laughs> I, they said it didn't get over till like three in the morning, and this is in September, October. So it's getting bigger earlier. It's not just good for you know Vegas week. Um, so well, more, more hometown people are picking up the sport too. That's what I think's overlooked. They're like, oh, we're having ropings. Ropings are getting bigger. More people are getting into ropings. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and people that live here too, you won't see them Vegas week during those bigger opens because right. they go hide out and go golf. Yeah, it's ho- I mean, that's their hobby. And then yeah. when those people leave, Hey, let's go rope, you know, and our buddies. And then you'll see that clientele come in. Right. Well, and that's, we said it just a second ago before we started, but that's actually the thing I enjoy about, one of the things I enjoy about Arizona is that you'll get this little arena and it's got its own little atmosphere. You get this big arena, it's got its own atmosphere, but you can kind of pick and choose. I mean, Vegas week, everything's going to be full, but you can kind of ease around and you know that this roping's maybe not going to be as big or that one's going to be bigger. You definitely know that depending on the arena you're going to, and I'll say nowhere else I've ever been or that I know of you can have that many different venues in that close of an area. Well, so that to me is where it's different than Texas is Texas. They're all over the place, but you're spread out. I mean, 
East Texas, North Texas, South Texas, and then you can drive 15 hours and be in West Texas, but you got to drive. There's not anything next door right here. You can get in the wash right over there at Clarence's at Wickenburg trailer sales, and you can be at three different arenas riding your horse and never, never unhook. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's packed in. You're, you you can, can go rope, a lot of places. You can rope for a 50 a man at one and you can rope for a 350 a man at another one too. Right. Same day. We rent our, we rent our bumper pull out during Vegas weekend. It's amazing how many people will bring a living quarters, plug in, park it. And then they just tool around town. There was a, I think there was somebody, maybe you guys, maybe you guys saw this, maybe you didn't. There was somebody that was doing like Uber for horses in Wickenburg. Did you, did you guys see that? That wouldn't be a bad idea. I would think. I, I, I don't know if it worked or if it didn't, but they were offering like Uber rides for your horses where they could come pick you up and drive you around and like put the little towel over their arm. I made that part up. But like you would think there's going to be some stuff like that because however many people come here and you either got to do one or two things. You either got to rent a trailer yeah. or you got to bring two trailers because it's, hey, y'all know there, there's no getting in and out. Well, Mom rents our trailers, our extra trailers out every, she did this last year. Two of them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy. I mean, you, you say you got one and there's a line of people ready to, Hey, the guy that I leased mine to, he fixed it up. He greased the jack. He had a vacuum in there. He's vacuuming out. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. You got it. You got it. Cheers next year too. No problem. You didn't even want to charge him. He was a good <laughs> carriage he took yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Texas, it, it seemed like growing up like amateur rodeo and stuff around there, especially over there in East Texas. Where's your hometown? Uh, I was born in Longview. And then did you grow up right there and that stay in that area? Uh, Decab area. Yeah. Right on the river. And then I moved to Bonham, which is over north of Dallas, kind of. Uh, Kuklan country. You betcha. Um, so in that part of the world, especially, and like that little loop down there, like Huntsville, Madisonville, Bonham, Brenham, kind of in there. When you amateur rodeo around there, you notice like all the arenas are narrow. You know, Mineral Wells just got over with, and that arena is long and narrow. There's so many of those places that are built long and narrow because for years, Calf Open was like the thing. It just was the king in Texas. And. I'll be 40 this year. I remember those years, like when Lanham and them guys were putting on those ropes. Wayne Needham comes in, and like they were, they were getting what seemed to me like just huge numbers. Calf roping was a big deal. It seems to me you're talking about more people getting into team roping. It seems to me like all of those people now have graduated to team roping, and their kids aren't roping calves. Their kids are now coming up team roping, and it's like everybody that had done all the other horse events it's like everybody's kind of just gradually moving to the team roping are you seeing that you see that in high school and junior high levels too i feel like because people oh my kid's gonna do all these events he's gonna like you said he's gonna rope calves break away ribbons how many of this and then well now you got well my boys team roping here going all the way over there for one event me and macy were talking about somebody made nationals in one event from here in georgia and they're going all the way for one event. Would you take your kid for one event? Might fly I mean, and get on something. Well, yeah. If you, but, I mean, like I told her, it, I only did one event when I was in high school. That was team rope. You know what I mean? So I mean, Not a calf rope, not a bulldogger? If I went in one event, then I guess I would go. But, I mean. Chris, I feel like if people look at you, they just assume it was bulldogging. So, to clear it up, just just the team rope. <laughs> Shoot <So>, dogging. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe it was peer pressure. Maybe I was just more impressionable than I want to admit. But I bulldogged in high school, and, and it was. I would love to have said I just did one event. It was not, and the bulldog was not on the list. I was not was not a professional. What? So growing up, growing up, is that all you wanted to do? Is just team rope? That was it. Just. Oh man, I didn't even know. I wasn't. Uh, my grandparents raised me. I rode horses in the sale barn for my grandpa. We traded. Pause. Pause. Growing up in Texas, being around some horse sale barns, and knowing a little bit about East Texas, I want to I want to hold off on this. For people that have never been to a horse sale in East Texas, if they're thinking Rancho Rio, I want to uh, clear the air. We're not talking. No, we're talking. We're not about talking the flying E. If it's on, <laughs> if it's on Ronald McDonald's farm, it's at the East Texas horse sale. I can promise you, we're selling chickens, peacocks, tacks at one, horses at three. Sale won't get over till midnight. Hey, and whatever they don't sell. They'll put in a bucket, and then they'll sell the bucket for 20 bucks. You bet. They clean it up, get it out. for one money. <laughs> and then if they don't sell it that way, it'll be there next week. Just bring it back around. Bring it back around. So we had a we had a couple guys, and I, I wish I could remember their names. We had a couple guys that 15 bucks, they'd get on your horse. Didn't I, matter. I rode a mini for 10 myself. <laughs> and, hey, it wasn't like questions asked. It wasn't like... Is he safe? The no, assumption was, no if he was safe, you'd probably save yourself 15 bucks to get on him, exactly. so you know what you're getting when into. It, they handed you the $10 bill and the lead rope, and that was your obligation <laughs> from then on. 
I wish, I wish so badly that everybody could just pause if they're listening to this, just pause and just have a video in the back of a sail barn in Texas and be like, why is there a peacock? I think that's a goat. Is that a goat? Nope. It's a zebu. Like it is not a horse sale is not a horse sale. Were you around? So, so this year, Vegas week, uh, Milton Aguilera, who I just adore. I think I just think a lot of him. Him and his two buddies from there, Trent Ward, Saddlery. Oh yeah. Stayed at our house for the week and they'd get done roping and they'd come back and we'd hang out in the garage and talk and um they get telling stories about Trent and his horse sales stuff. And I'm telling you what, I almost gave myself a six pack laughing that week. My stomach hurt so bad listening to like that's a culture, that's a subculture that would be really hard to see, but I wish everybody could. Oh. It's, it's crazy some of the stuff that goes on. I've so been, that was your I've job. Been around them. I've that, been, I mean, I've been around Trent and Milton and them and their sale over there at Cleveland. It's crazy. They do some crazy stuff. We we uh, yeah. I, I every I'll go kind back. Of person you could imagine. I mean, all walks of life. I mean, people you wouldn't even think would own a horse there in a car and they buy. They might buy the highest price horse there at the sale and they're like, "How are you going to get it home?" They go in there and tell Trent, "Well, he." I'll haul it home for you if you pay me this much. Yep, you know what I mean? Yep. For a nominal People fee, have no I can idea. get it. <laughs> they're like, how's this guy even? They're like, you go to the grocery store and you see this guy and he's talking about a horse and you're like, no way he has a horse. I don't do that anymore because I've seen people. Go to anybody that sale anybody horse might have a horse. Home for him and they're like, oh, he's got a horse. We went to, uh, when I was living in, in Montgomery down there by Houston, uh, I used to get invited to the functions, which was like one for 20s, and you could enter as many times as you want. I mean, you come with a pocket full of cash, one for 20s, and then like as soon as that was over, come run, run it back, and they would do it again, and there might be – it was it was a blast. Zydeco music, food was great. You might have a Holstein and a Bramer and a Longhorn, and like just go fast, fast as you can go. And there's one little arena, Little Egypt in Houston, and I don't know how much time you spend around that part of the world, but the left fence – I've been Sealy for about – So you know. A year. The left fence of this calf roping lane – in, it was the city water treatment center on the left, and they had this long alleyway, and there was like a pallet for one of the gates. But to your point, you pull up, and you're like, man, I know I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the city. I'm in the city of Houston. And same deal. They'd ride their horses over from the backyard, and they'd have their manes all braided up. And, you know, I mean, they might ride from four blocks that way where they had their horse tied up in the backyard all week, and it was it was awesome. I miss it. So was that like the job? That was, that was your Job growing up was riding sailborne horses. Well, was, Part of it. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say it was my job. That was my hobby. I mean, me and my, my grandpa ran the logging business, and we traded on the weekends, and they would have one horse sale. I remember it was 45 minutes east of the town we lived in, and we would go there on Saturday morning and usually buy something and then take it to Paris, which was 45 minutes the other side of where we lived that night. Put a little quick shine on him on the way and <laughs> see what we could do. I watched my grandpa buy a 20-foot trailer one time, and he thought he needed to paint it. Went to Walmart, bought every can of white spray paint they had, painted this trailer, took it back to the same sale the next week, made a thousand bucks. My grandma, <laughs> my grandma cussed him because he ruined like three or four sets of his clothes out. That's why I never forget it. But he spray painted that whole thousand trip, bucks, a thousand bucks, thousand honey. Bucks. <laughs> Spray paint. I swear, I, I swear, I'm gonna do it. But now that I've t- said it, I can't do it because I'll get caught. But we got all these donkeys out here in the desert. You see them all over the place, like 74 carefree. People out here are oblivion to donkey robins too. East Texas. Let's get back. I want to get back to that. But real quick, here's what I think would be awesome. They sell zebras at these horse sales every now and then. You'll get one run through there. How cool would it be to buy a little stud, turn him loose up there by Lake Pleasant? And just see how many striped donkeys you could create out there in the desert. You'd know every time you drive by, you got a little zonky turned out. I think it would class it up a little bit. I just feel like if you drove by and saw a herd of donkeys with stripes, I think it's a great idea. I can't believe somebody hasn't done it yet. Back to donkey ropings. <laughs> when, because they've started, they've got a, uh, is it Zamora? Who puts them on out here? There's somebody that has a donkey roping down like Casa Grande or something. Isn't there? There's one, I've heard of one that was in Maricopa. They had it a couple weeks in a row. I didn't go. Yeah. I've told a couple of people about them out here, and they're like, what? And you're like, run them in the chute and rope them like steers? Yes. Did you ever know Joe Barton from down there? He was from all day, all, all uh, what was it, uh, just north of Houston. He was kind of the same deal, trader, goat trader. Like, he'd sell you Todd Sloan Pat if you needed it. And he uh, was at the sale one day, and they run a bunch of miniature ponies, just not very big, you know, 180, 200-pound little, little guys. And he was there to buy roping calves, and cattle were high. And so he buys, like, 
15 of these little things. He's like, can't be that bad. I mean, just rope them. Don't jerk them down. Can't be that bad. And he said the first one, ropes, goes pretty good, gets it over his nose, turns him around, runs in there, flanks him. He's like, man, I don't can't believe anybody hadn't thought of this. And he said when he flanked him, the bottom foot, the way that their front legs are connected is different than like a roping calf. And he said that bottom foot and the hoof comes up and just whack right in the hand. He thought he broke his hand. So he's like, son of a gun. So he kind of finishes tying, you know, and he's kicking. I don't know. Hope it's okay with me telling this story. It probably sounds a little rough, but he comes back on the second one. Thought it was a fluke. Comes back on the second one. Whack. Thought he broke his hand again. Turned around. He said, it's the other breakaway and they'd be fine. Not something you want to tie down. But for, <laughs> that's probably what you figured we were going to talk about today. What? They're fast. Minis. I've been to donkey ropes and they have minis for the bounty. Oh, really? Like a mini horse for the bounty. Like, yeah. Hey, if They're almost horse fast. If you catch him faster than this, you get this much money. Oh, I mean, dude, I'm talking about can't catch him well and they kind of hop like a zebu like they don't kick their feet back behind them you know it's not like they open up they're kind of chopping and keep their feet underneath them i mean as someone who's seen me heal you probably could guess about how it would go trying to heal a mini donkey i can't even heal a mexican steer much less some of the big long tail swashing around blocking your shot is there a day i want to get it on record is there a day that downtown's going to host donkey opens oh i'm not going to say they won't I mean, I feel like an effective water trap out there. You wouldn't even have to own them. You could just walk, get out there about Lake Pleasant, get them all gathered up, run in, have your open. Three, no, I know. We I know. Do just, legal. No, that's very. Hey, to be to be yeah, clear, we do have two. It I is mean, highly I, illegal. If we we do have two of our own. If you got them caught, they wouldn't. I mean, I don't, they're not tattooed out there. They're just wild. As long well, as you didn't get caught doing I would, it, I would do it and not want to get in trouble because I'll turn them back loose. We just want to borrow them. Just using them. Yeah. We're just getting them some exercise and putting them back head, out. 30 head right quick. Wait, I mean, take them right back. They give permits for everything else. Call the call state of Arizona and be like, listen, I've got a way that you can raise some conservation money. I'm on your side here. I'm on your team. I think that we can do something. You could even tell, intel a donkey days in Wickenburg and have a prestigious donkey open and tell them. <laughs> Now, okay, listen, here's what I'm, I'm just, I'm spitballing here. Donkey roundup. What if you rounded them up so that they could identify them and brand them and maybe castrate the ones that don't fit <laughs> the look? And you're like, hey, I'll handle all the transportation. I'll, I will come pick, don't you worry. I'm, I just, I'm really passionate about desert zonkeys. And then slip the strapped one in. <laughs> I'm just saying. And then, and then. You can have the striped ones be your be your bounty, and then go. Hey, I'll drop them back off on Tuesday. This has been a great experience. someday, someday when there's an actual donkey roping that didn't go down like we're saying, people are back. They freaking did it. Those two idiots. They snuck out. They got the state of Arizona. I'm not gonna tell them any different. I know people in Oklahoma that's had them and turned them loose on the highway after they had done, like have the donkey roping. Hey, any of y'all want a donkey? Get him now. We're turning him loose and open the gate. And just in 2011, when I was still living in Texas, that drought there on record, the drought was actually worse than the Dust Bowl. It was a bad drought, and there's no grass. Everything dried up and died. And they were turning donkeys loose. And I had a buddy that he wasn't on the sheriff's department, but he worked for the sheriff's department catching stuff, and they'd have to take care of him. And the old timers there used to say that donkey is the best red meat you'll ever eat. He said if they knew how good those things tasted, they'd never turn them loose. I've never eaten a donkey, Me but either. they swear by And a few of them sitting there at the coffee shop. I mean, they kind of look over their shoulder like, hey, don't it didn't come for me. But I'm going to tell you what, if you, they said they're amazing. I've worked so, with a couple of guys that said they're pretty good, but you ain't getting me to try one. I don't, I mean. Unless I, we run out of cattle. Well, right. And I think if a guy knew what it was after the fact, it'd be a little different. Because, I like, I've looked it up. And, like, donkey steaks, they just look like steaks. I mean, you wouldn't know looking at it as any different. But we had a same same kind of deal there was a dairy there by the house and those bull calves are born and they're not they weren't worth anything cattle prices were down and they had a little pen built out by the road and said free calves you heard this i think this kind of turned into like a thing it was kind of a joke there for a while because i've heard other people tell the same story but this particular dairy um they put four or five little bull calves in there and said free calves and the next day they came back and they put four out there they came back the next day and there was five <laughs> somebody stopped by and put another one in the pen they had more than when they left that's crazy so when you get here, that's one of the things that, and I think Mike and Karen would say this. I don't want to speak for them. Who, by the way, if you guys want to haze for me a little bit and get them in here, I like hearing Mike Fuller rewrite stories, and I know Karen's got them too. Uh, they've both said that it's been cool having you guys be here. I know that is this 
I don't want to speak out of turn. Is there the thought that when they're kind of tired and done and ready to hang it up and be grandparents, that this is something that you'll take the reins on? Oh yeah, for sure. If we still got it. Yeah. We can't just shut her down. Downtown, and, we got to carry on the name. Uh, well, I, yeah, I mean, obviously it needs to it needs to go. It's just whether it's something that somebody wants to do or not. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of stress. The cattle market does what it does. Fuel does what it does. And so I didn't want to. I mean, I didn't assume that it was something you would do just because. But if it's something you like doing. Oh yeah. That's- are you? From your rodeo perspective, is this something you think you want to rodeo in the summers? Do this in the winter, or are you kind of ready to be done rodeoing? Or what's your what's your personal right now plans? Uh, all options are always open, but for sure, just hang around here in the winter. I mean, you can do whatever you want the other six months of the year, but right. those six kind of got to stay hooked. Is that gonna is that gonna ding your rodeo plans if if no if a guy calls you tomorrow and says hey? I want to go rodeo and it's the right guy are you able to squeeze rodeo in around what you're doing here or would you have to tell him no no i can do it you can make it work well and it's a so i we ran that place in alvarado last year and it's an easy commute like you can get to texas easy there's a thousand flights a day they're not that expensive and you're there in you know hour and 45 minutes so even if a guy had to leave some stuff over there i had no idea it was that easy really because i had never flown until this last year come back when i moved out here yeah flew back home to fort worth to rope over there at the shootout to make it to san antonio how old are you uh 33 and had never flown nope was scared ass macy she's over there laughing she knows didn't have time to fly you're spray painting cattle trailers and making a thousand on them well you can't i mean you can't fly with your stuff you gotta have your even if you got a beater rig you got your stuff with you you know what i mean there was a lot of years in my life my mom was a flight attendant so i could fly for free and I was so scared, I ain't gonna lie. The horses that I had to ride, that I owned, sucked so bad that the idea of flying somewhere for free and getting on someone else's horse, I was like, too easy. Like, I always kind of won along. I mean, I wasn't in any danger of making a living rodeo, but, like, I wasn't going to embarrass your stuff anyway. And so I flew a lot growing up. But because I started young, didn't ever, you know, it doesn't make me nervous. You're saying at 33, if that's your first rattle out of the gate. Oh man, Spirit Airlines. Did Thanks. you cry? Oh, that's not even flying, that dude. That's like a, that's like that a plane was, that you built yourself. There was duct- that's like the Wright brothers. There was duct tape. <laughs> call me, call me. I will, I will help. However, Mom did Spirit. it. Karen, Karen did it. Set me up where I was going to Fort Worth. Were you guys like fighting in this period of your life? Like, was she trying to get even no, with you? I had, she- to fly, I had to fly over there to rope one rodeo. I was flying in on. Thursday maybe, rope on Thursday, rope on Friday, fly back Saturday night if I didn't make the short round or something. And if I did make it, then I'd fly back the next morning. Well, I made the short round, roped, and still could make. She got me another flight that night, so I wasn't there. I mean, I took one chance. Were you by yourself? Oh, yeah. And you, were you sitting right next to somebody? Did you have open seats? Uh, going there, I actually was sitting by Jessie Telford. She uh-huh. was going to try a horse. I didn't know her, never met her. She said, hi, how are you? I'm Jesse Telford. I, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going over here to Fort Worth to the rodeo. And she said, oh, I'm a barrel racer. And I was like, cool. She said, you ever flown? I guess I had a weary look on my face. And I said, no, I have not. And she said, oh. Hey, Miss Jesse, don't make it weird, but can I hold your hand for just she a said, minute? These, these airlines are terrible. And I was like, but you're on it and she's like i got this flight about 15 or 20 minutes ago it was like 80 bucks or something and i was like well i guess we're going down nice to meet you when you get nervous how does it i mean obviously you she knew something was up so oh, I just, do you just get quiet yeah clam up i guess I just know. look straight at the floor get my phone out and go scrolling i got a friend that she is just terrified of flying and maybe she's getting a little bit better but she used to always take xanax and stuff when she'd fly and I just knew there was going to be a, like a mug shot of lady freaks out and has a panic attack and has well, to be restrained. It was bad. It, what was bad was that was when I guess Mace flew the other day and you didn't have to have a mask now. You had to have a mask. Easter then. weekend was last weekend. I flew home on Easter, back down. It felt like we were in jail on that plane just yeah. with the mask on too. Yeah, Oof. no good. It's like you're being transported, not. Yeah, exactly. Not, you know. So stay here, run this deal. Um, is that something do you enjoy doing that or is it oh, just yeah. it's a good job do you like doing it yeah well i mean that's what i've always made a living with the rope what more to do right it's make a living putting on rope in the same kind of this hand in hand beats 10 bucks in a lead rope 
For sure. But it's 10 bucks on lead rope. I wonder if they're still riding for 10 bucks. Boy, with inflation, that's got to be, what, 14 now anyway? <laughs> Is there, what, do you ever, I, feel like I know we're bouncing around here, but do you ever get in a wreck you didn't think you were going to get out of in those places? Because it's like, like well, so again, try to paint the picture for somebody that might be listening. They're not big, wide open spaces. It's a cow cell. It's like cow pens, little narrow alleyways, oh, a little yeah. narrow cell barn. It's not like this big, elaborate tent no. and, you know, people are sitting up in table. It is a cow cell, a little rink, got the fences that angle in at the top. I mean, you're in a, you're in a, a trap for 10 bucks. Yeah, on something you've never seen before. On your life. Did it ever fall completely apart? Uh, not inside there, no. <laughs> Just out, out back. Got lucky and was handy enough to handle it, I guess, or my grandpa had a good enough reputation. Nobody ever gave me a real bad one, but I have seen some. You got to be related to somebody who can fight. <laughs> I've seen some major wrecks happen in there and go down. So, so, okay, so rodeo on the options still open. Um, so I and and I I'm grew up roping calves and I didn't start roping I didn't start team roping until I was thirty three and I've been team roping for you know years now I guess but um I didn't really know who you were. And growing up in Texas, you being younger than me, but first time I remember you from a rodeo perspective was I, I think it was it it was the American last year. I yeah, think you made the, you, you made the bit year. and we had the steers there that year. And so Hey, by the way, if you ever get a chance to have the cattle at the American, don't do it. Pass, Mister. Pass. That is the most nervous I've ever been. We had that winter storm that come in and killed. We lost like eighteen steers there. Uh, they got weak. I was trying to beef them back up. I, was, I, we were shipping feed over from here over there to try to get them alive. And then you put them in that little building at Northside, and they're they're a little and fresher, which I think is better for that setup. I think older cattle that are smart get bad worse in that setup. I. I, they actually went that way this year after, but um, yeah, that was hey, that was no good. A racket. Oh well, no, I mean it was okay. It was it was on the up and up. They they did a good job. I mean they didn't know what their budget was going to be, and it just it was cool. We were there. We had the cattle. It was it was a cool experience. But man, when you got a guy backing in the box for a million dollars, I mean Cinegeni and Sherwood when they backed in the box, it was for a milli, and I'm sitting there. Hope like, we don't stop. Please don't stop. Please don't duck. And and Cinegeni. Real quick, this podcast is brought to you by partners and sponsors of the Flatbed Podcast. Take a minute, hear what they got to say. If you have any interest in buying or selling or renting or anything real estate related in the world's hottest equine real estate market, Wickenburg, Arizona, I am talking to Aaron Freeman. Make her your first stop. Absolutely. We're here to help. That's who we work with. We love our team ropers. We love our barrel racers. We love our ropers, rainers. All those guys, we love our horse people. Where do people find the higher producing real estate agent known as Aaron Freeman? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're on all of them. Aaron Freeman Properties, Aaron Freeman Realtor on TikTok. You guys, check out the ropingcalendar.com. There's an app in all of the stores, whether it's Apple, whether you've got an Android, whatever the case may be, search Roping Calendar. This is the fastest way to find only the information that you're looking for. I know that Arizona can be chaotic. There can be a lot going on. The most comprehensive, up-to-date list of the events that you can find in Arizona are at Roping Calendar. Check it out in the App Store. Check out the website. You can search by date. You can search by location. You can search by event. You can even search by jackpot number. So say you're looking for a specific number of jackpot. You click on that tab. It'll take you only to the flyers that have what you're looking for. Ropingcalendar.com is the website. Roping Calendar in the App Store. It is the fastest growing website in Arizona for roping-related events. 300,000 page views in its first winter, over 40,000 unique users. Find what you're looking for at the Roping Calendar. Hope like, don't stop. Please don't stop. Please don't duck. And and Cinegeni jerked him down, and he jumps up, and they catch him. You know, it was, it was just – but uh-uh. I'm never again. Never. I, I'll bring the steers to the number seven jackpots. That'll be my lot in life. I'm That's not, how we feel here, though. <laughs> I mean, downtown at a Roping, you come and put 500 a man up. I mean, there is 300 teams, but at the same time, if I'm announcing our flag and I'm watching, I'm thinking, man, this thousand bucks running down through here. You know what I mean? You got to do a good job. Hey, that's a that's a profit on a stock trailer running down the arena right there. <laughs> what uh, what's interesting I think is that people are so not people. There are people that are so prone to complain about everything that it almost kind of burns your clutch up a little bit. You get almost kind of resistant to it. And I think people don't realize when you put a rope on, like you're invested. Whether you're flagging, whether you're announcing, whether you're running the books, 
I mean, you're invest. You want it to go well, and I think people don't realize that because, like, if you show people that it matters, it's like they take advantage of that, and then pretty soon they're complaining about stuff that's. But, but like, I'm I'm not kidding you. Like, I've I rodeoed long enough. I know what nervous feels like. I know what butterflies feel like. I'm, I'm familiar with the process of being nervous. I was sitting there in the healing box, like I'm checking ears there at the AT&T Stadium. Like I'm checking ears. I'm checking horn wraps. I'm like, I just like, oh, this is Criminal. this is not worth it. I don't ever do it again. Um, but that's where that's the first time I remember seeing you heal. And it was like all of a sudden, it wasn't Chris Young. Nobody calls you Chris Young. Everybody's just says Gucci. And it was like everybody, I was the last person to know who you were. Um, and it was pretty dang close to being real good that week. Oh, uh, yeah. Should have threw faster. Well, I mean, always, right? And that's <laughs> there's no crossfire at the big arena yeah, either. Yeah, no crossfire. I had full intentions on trying him going dead straight too, but he got <laughs> rolling and he was a little far away from me when the time came. So I thought, man, I don't want to miss on this big. Well, stage. then then it falls apart and you feel dumb if you know exactly. if you fired it and missed it. Who I'll, who are you roping with? Junior D's. We were yeah. we roped about halfway through though, and I will say they never would say what the cut was. It was like two – I remember it was like a team or two before we went, and they wouldn't say the cut. Next team went. They didn't say what the cut was. We were up. They didn't say the cut. We roped. They didn't say, and I was just like – No, thanks for nothing. Let us know. <laughs> well, and, and that set of steers that year were the bigger end. We we separated them off. We, we got them broke in. We had – I think we picked off 25. They needed 18, you know, something like that. I don't remember exact numbers, but – uh, it was a bigger set, better horns. We picked them off. We read up, read up through everything at the jackpot there that year. Uh, the first run they ever had. First time those steers ever got roped ever. We broke them in. We'd circle the horses and stuff. First time they ever got roped was at the jackpot. And we said, hey, they're dead fresh. They've never been roped before. If you jerk them down, they're yours. That, it was at the open, one of the opens before we had one of our, rope, our jackpots. There was 44 teams, and there was 43 clean times without a barrier, without a leg come back i've never seen i've never seen those kind of numbers um but we took the bigger end of those steers took them off fed them up got them as strong as we could calgary and russell came and roped through them again i think we had uh, chad joseph and Corey petska and luke brown stayed over from a jackpot and come rope through them. all that to say this when they got to the american they only had that set of steers only had seven runs on them Something like that. I mean, they they were still fresh enough that a guy couldn't really just tee off on them like they did this year, and so, I mean, it was it was a. I felt like it was a little bit of a different setup that year. It was a lot faster this year. I didn't know. I didn't even watch it this year. I haven't watched the recording. Or anything. They were a little the older, faster. You know, they had you know the black tips on their horns. They were a little bit older. Probably had some more runs. And so, what happens is a guy can kind of hit them a little harder, and they take it better. And, um, but yeah, if a guy's trying to like measure off a, a crossfire shot, it was a weird year to do it. It wasn't the, it wasn't the setup it had been. And they scored them out because remember, remember it was that ever it's always been two arenas. Every year I've ever been there or seen it, it was always two arenas. That year is one arena. They scored them out a little bit more. So it was a, it was just kind of a unique. I saw the first part of it come on TV this year and didn't even sit around and watch it, but I saw two arenas and I was like, man, I almost knew it was only one last year right and they were jumping them i mean they had them where it wasn't scored out all that much so growing up i mean if you're 33 you've obviously been around and i've just had my head in the sand but what rodeo wise that's is it is it to the point you're kind of getting over it or is it something you still think about when you go to bed at night oh yellow bucking shoots mm-hmm. other than that oh i got a new baby girl and uh awesome wife i don't have to rodeo but i mean like you said if the right guy called tomorrow always our family's tight enough we can make it work well and that's cool too because like you said there's something there's something about the yellow buck and shoots that that's what you grow up i mean it carries a weird it doesn't just carry a weird thing if you want to get there it also carries like a weird momentum later you know you say you rodeoed and that's the first question everybody asks you ever make finals I mean, that's, and that's what I think that's asked by people who don't even realize what they're asking. They don't even realize what goes into it. The sacrifice, the time, the lack of income, the, the family d- dynamic, how much support it takes. And so if somebody just casually throws out like, oh, did you ever make the finals? Like, dude, you're asking if I ever did something that so few people ever do, but it's still, it's, it takes a village. And so for you to have a, a, a group of people around you, they're like, hey, if it ever happens, 
I mean, Mike and Karen, they're about as down as it gets as far as being oh, a help. They want, us to go, they want us to go rodeo tomorrow, and we're, like, trying to use our heads like yeah. we're not. Right. Young. We are young. Yeah, we'd like to go burn the road up, but at the same time, we got a baby and an arena and a brand to build. And Yeah. Well, and that's it's cool that you're in a place now where Mike and Karen are still fully competent. You know, it's not like you're pulling them out of the retirement village and asking them to cover for you. They're still They're still awesome. Uh, you know, there's a few years in there where they still got enough. If they had to cover for you for a week here, a week there, you're not, you're not putting anybody in a bind. No, they cover, they cover for us good. We feel bad making them cover for us, but I think as long as you have a grandbaby around, they there will come a point where they walk right past you to go. Probably already happened. Walk right past you to go grab her, and then you're like, okay, I don't feel so bad. As long as you leave the baby, then they let you get out, get around as long as you need to. Yeah, they want us to go now. Mace don't want to go till the breakaway gets into the Thomas and Mac. But right. Well, Macy, you did you make them at when they were in Dallas? Yeah, Macy made the first one ever. How about that? What was that like? Because they didn't, they didn't run it. They ran at the same arena, that's but they how, ran in the mornings. I know. Uh, that's how I know Macy liked me, because she made her first finals, and I got to go down there with her. And Come on, was in the stands. I felt bad. I wanted Swamp to go down there with her, but she told me to go. Well, for the record, people that may not know, Mike, not, Mike Fuller's actual legal name is Swamper. So when you say Swamper, that's who you're talking Michael, about. Michael Lee Fuller. <laughs> Michael Lee Swamper Fuller. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, we can get back to that. But so to get down there, I've always felt like that the day that they break the steers in would be way more fun than going to watch a rodeo. I've yeah. seen... That's why everybody's like, let's go to the rodeo. I don't want to go. And I've had I had a buddy I rodeoed with that made it back in the nineties, Joe Day, and he's like, they've his wife would always get tickets from her work, and me and him amateured around the house, and she's like, you want to fly out there to the rodeo? You know, it's paid for. Now. He's like, I ain't going until I make it again. I mean, yeah, I ain't gonna say that, but right, like you're saying, for me, I'd rather go watch him break in the steers than go to the rodeo. Yeah, I'm not much on the crowd though myself. Right. Or masks or, like, you know, going through security and all the stuff. I mean, that's, that's, that's my least favorite part of flying is all the chaos. Well, and I think, it, I think it can steal the joy of the moment, to be honest. When somebody is close enough that they could reasonably see themselves getting in, they're like, well, I'm not going until I make it. Well, you also run the risk that you don't get to enjoy the process because there's a lot of food, there's a lot of people, there's jackpot. I mean, it's a, it's a fun thing to go experience. And I think when you make up your mind, like, no, I'm not going until I make it, like, hey, I mean, I get it. I get it not wanting to, like, reward yourself before you accomplish which one. I get it. But I know people that have said that, and then it didn't go well. And it's like, dude, you kind of just, like, kicked yourself out of the party. You know what I mean? Like, that's a that's a fun place to go hang out, too. So A lot of different stuff going on other than that. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going on record. I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to get permission. If it happens, I'm going to just show up. If lightning gets in this year, I'm going. He should. I mean, right now, I, mean, I don't want to jinx the guy, but if he gets in – I I'm going. I'm gonna go hang out. I don't care. I'll go be I'll go be the driver. Like I'll go be Whiplash Junior. I'll just go hang out. First time I was ever three was with Lightning. Really? Northside. Yeah, I used to have a little gray mare, and we'd go over there. So, Lightning is is like he's the trophy award winner for me right now because that gray horse was my third stringer, and it wasn't because he was bad. He just has one one play. He scores amazing every single time he will score amazing on his hundredth steer of the day he will always finish but he wants to run wide wants to run the passing lane and wants to get wide from a coil back which hey great if you're in a jackpot you kind of need to take care of your guy too bad to sell that horse that was going to be no good to like not useful to me to a guy like that and have it just go instantly like that and, and like talk about selling your other horses i mean when i if i call and tell somebody i've got a head horse I feel like I've made horses my whole life. I got an idea. I mean, I got kind of a general sense. If I tell you, I think this is what he is. It's going to be at least close. It's amazing how many people, until they see something at that level happen, and they're always questioning you. You're like, well, you know, here's how it works in the big You're like, okay, all right. So I owe Lightning a lot. I'm glad he's having a good year. I will go watch him break in his tears this year. That's my – That's my. Lightning is my homie. A lot of people don't know he only has one leg. Hey, when you watch that sucker face – Right leg from the knee down. Well, and so, again, again. Think about trying to catch a steer normally. 
range wise from a callback. Hey, as someone from the tail of as someone rope. who will like routinely blow a right stirrup, I can tell <laughs> you right now, it is not easy to do. And and again, so again, when you watch everything he rides, they they have a tendency over time to get where they just button hook and come right back over themselves. And then when they do that, then a horse has to completely over rotate and get all the way turned back around. And then when people know that that's going to be a struggle, it's I I swear those judges get to watch them for it, and you're going to add two or three tenths on. And so talking about flagging at the end, mm-hmm. yeah, I sold him a horse too. Two years before I moved out here, so it had been four years ago, I sold him one, and he called me about. It's probably six months after I sold him. And I was like, you still got that horse? He said, yeah, I need to sell him. I said, what's up? He said, I can't make him face anymore. I can't kick him with my right leg. Right. And that's what I'd always heard people say he didn't have his leg or whatever. I never really wanted to ask him, and that's when I right. I was like, man, I helped him sell him. It was all good. Right. Well, and that's, again. That lets you know your horse is good, though. I mean, he ain't having no trouble out of it. To, to that horse's credit, he is so, like, you touch him, and he – Goose is from he's gentle he's a gentle horse but he is very very reactive and so if you've got a stirrup kind of right in the area he wants to face I mean that sucker wants to get he always he always wanted to get around and so it was I don't think that horse was going to be that horse with very many people I think I I got lucky selling that horse to a guy like that that it just happens to it just it's just a good fit and he's done amazing with him so I don't know I don't think you get those very often I think a lot of times you sell horses really really good and they just don't get them, you know, get out of them what you put in them, and you got to live with it. So, so what's, I mean, in your mind, when you sit here and think about downtown arena, um, what are you excited about changing and growing and like new plans and new ideas and doing things different? Are you excited about it the way that it is and just maintaining it? Well, what's, where do you guys, you and Macy, because I know she's as chatty as she is, she probably talks about it a lot. What do you guys what do you guys talk about when you think about the future of downtown? Well, we got it going pretty good. We wanna our dang sure we don't wanna limit our horizons. We would look to do adapt to whatever goes on. But I feel like what we've done last year was pretty good. We're gonna stick with that game plan again this year, I think, for the most part. Yeah. So to that point, you said it's going good. One of the things that you hear Karen say all the time except Vegas week. And she's very clear about it. It's like, Hey, we're here for the ropers. Like there, you can tell, I, I, I can't think of very many like conflicts that happen at that arena. Nobody's mad. Nobody's uptight. They'll try to help you out, give you a rerun if it's close. And then at the same time during Vegas week, they're like, all right, pause, listen, we've got to go through however many steers this week. I mean, it, you can only do what you can do. Like we're not going to be as lenient, but you know it going in. Um, what is that? Is it, I'm not sure if that's the case everywhere. I don't think anybody's against you. Don't get me wrong. But that's one of the things I like about downtowns. It doesn't have the corporate feel. You feel like you're at a backyard jackpot and may have 500 teams, you know, but you feel like you're kind of like you guys are for the people. How do you, how do you keep that environment even as it keeps growing? Well, I guess just keep doing the same thing. I don't know. You dang sure got to interact. I think it helps going to – a lot of different places around here like i know mike used to rope more than he does now but he don't hardly rope jackpot anymore and he's like you're going roping again today and i'm like yeah go see what's going on over here you know you gotta you gotta go get a feel what's happening yeah i mean who knows the next big thing could be over there they could be doing you can't be above right not wanting to well that's in anything that's in anything no matter what you do if you're kind of keeping an eye on the market of what's happening i mean that's that's your best shot of progress is two creative people being in the same room and you know you drive each other further and it and the result is the sport benefits everybody wins when things get better sure the mom and pop feel those in downtown yeah you know it, it it does and like like Annie that works in the office, she's like everybody's mom. I don't know how you could know Annie and not love her. You know, I mean, you don't ever feel like you go up there and get a grouchy encounter at the office or anything like that. And so you said before we started, there needs to be things, there needs to be things other than just what's always been. Um, and you specifically said goat roping. I mean, and I, and I know that's a placeholder, but how much of that kind of stuff do you see in the future of Wickenburg as it keeps getting younger? Macy's saying no to the goat roping. Macy don't want to go herd, but. There's all, I mean, people just, I mean, you could broaden it out and do whatever, but there's a lot of kids that I know from announcing sitting over there watching 
directly across from where they play at downtown. Sure. I mean, how many kids would benefit or parents too? Hey, Everybody, yeah. Here's twenty bucks. Go to the goat pen. You know your kids over there. Well, remember, like at the it used to be the Coors Opens, and they're like the OTRA or whatever. Now they're in Abilene. They used to have seven or eight hundred teams throughout the weekend in the Goat Opens over there in the little covered deal by the stadium. And like it's, it makes sense if you can add it on to what you're already doing. But um, it seems like it's getting younger. And I'm curious with Macy because you've been here longer than either one of us. But do you do you see the age getting younger out here every year? Does it seem like Arizona's getting younger every year? Yeah, me too. She's nodding yes. I'm, I'm interpreting. I'm spe- I, I speak Masonese. Um, and so as it gets younger, you know, people want something to do on a Friday night. People want places to go. Nobody wants to just sit at home. And and as high as real estate's getting, it feels like young people come down here. They got to stay with somebody. You know, you got groups of people. It's not like there's not like there's like an apartment complex right out here, and you got places for cheap housing. So it, even more so, you want somewhere to go. There's lots of opens. There's lots of things to do. But things like and whether it's a goat roping or not, but things like that that are just fun, you know, maybe a 20 bucks kind of a thing, but it's more of a social deal. Yeah. You know, they had them like at, uh, it was at Western Trails, wasn't it? Where they had those goat ropings. Yeah. And so it'd be cool to think that there's a way to add stuff like that that's fun, that doesn't just burn you out, that is something other than just roping steers too. Well, this is a, I mean, just from the town wise, I know they shut Simpsons down when they have Gold Rush, but people being around the town and doing stuff i mean if you could figure out something to interpret go along with roping yeah people are out and about in wickenburg have you ever been to have you ever been to dylan's on like a saturday evening i'm sure i've been there roping but oh I, well i'll tell you happens. i never have been i've never been there on a weekend so the other day we had some friends in town we we're gonna go eat and they want to go you know fight the crowds and surprise and so we got there to dylan's just thinking we we're gonna swing in there and get something to eat hey it's full the whole parking lot it is full all the whole place there's nowhere to park they have like the bull riding deal there they got the they got the little like tortoise petting enclosure and food there's this live concert thing and so there are places they're starting to realize like hey there's there's a lot of traffic besides the team roping you know you got a lot of family members that come down maybe that don't rope and so i i think i think that as it goes there's going to be more things like that that go along with the traffic the steer deal how how much of the team roping steer market had you tinkered with before you got out here uh, here and there yeah i mean i kind of knew what they were worth or per se what they were worth but i didn't have any idea what it would take steer wise or money wise to how much how many steers it takes to put on that many ropes well and you guys people I, I, I there's no way somebody can predict this you wouldn't see this from the outside unless you've done it it would be hard to know but you have to have a set of steers for the eight roping, the eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, all the way up, clear to your open steers. So you have to have a lot of those steers in each roping because, hey, it's Arizona. You're going to get a lot of teams in every single division. And so the, it, the expense of them, when you buy them, that's the easy part. You got to manage them. You got to know what they are. You've got to have a system to get through it. You got to have people to help break them in. You got to have a way to keep them separate and know kind of what they are. I mean, the, the steer managing business is a lot of work and i would think you tell me you tell me if i'm right but i would think somebody like mike and karen there's a huge advantage to you guys because they've been doing it long enough now that they're all they do a lot of that by feel i mean anybody that's roped especially that ropes well you kind of you can look at a steer and kind of predict what he's about to be you get you get kind of a sense but even care and management and how much to feed and how heavy or how light i mean there is there's a pile i mean how do you feel like you're starting to get comfortable at it now, or do you still feel like you're taking notes more often than not? Well, I can do it all other than set the the computer, like my, if there's a problem with the draw or something. As yeah. far as steers, though, I can handle all that. Uh, I w- wouldn't say I could have when I first came here, just like feeding them the same day as you rope them. Mm-hmm. You didn't feed them that morning if you're going to rope them that day or sometimes not even the night before because I didn't know it, but being around here and watching them a full steer doesn't is not the same as one that's dried out right so yeah i've learned i could do the steer part now from what i've learned this year from mike but could i when i come out here probably not yeah thanks you're not as good as he can well in contacts on cattle because as it grows the need for cattle goes up because like i said it takes an unimaginable amount of steers and 
help and work and know-how and all that goes with it. But as Arizona keeps go, getting bigger, because I'll even say it seems like it's draining people from Texas now. It used to be when I got down here, there it was just like all the northerners down here. And like now you're seeing Texas plates all winter. You see Oklahoma plates all winter. You're seeing like Kansas, like it's going, it's going that direction. And so it's not getting any smaller. What is it? What is the plan on making sure that their steers come September? How do you know? How do you know? I've already got a, I already put an order in to get some crossed uh, Mexicans. I think that's what we're going to go with this year all the way. We had uh, three loads of Mexicans, I think, and three loads of natives last year. And you'll go all Mexicans this year? We're going to start with three loads and rope those until Vegas week and see if we need some more after that. And so will you start them? Cause you, I'll start getting them in in August. Yeah. And so you'll have. I'll feed them for a whole month before I ever touch them. That way I don't break the egg. Yeah. So then your lower number groupings, you don't want to start them on fresh Mexicans. So you're still going to need older type cattle. That's the headache. Last year we kept 100 over in the desert and then started on those Friday night robins, the mm -hmm. low numbers on those. But we probably got 80 or so we've kept back this year, but we won't have enough. We'll have to go find older some, steers. Yeah, that or put some heat on about 20 or 30 head of those other ones yeah. to go with those. Well, and it's as hard as they are to find and as expensive as they are, you kind of hate to juice one that weighs 400 pounds because then what do you do? Yeah. When you got one that you can't give away, you know, maybe hopefully find a bulldog that needs some. But, I mean, you're it's it's a gamble to start mashing on them when they're little because then they're more likely to give it up too. So do you guys buy cattle? I don't used to, but do you guys still buy some cattle out of the north, jackpots that are going on up north, or do you try to find everything down here? We didn't this year. He has up and I'm pretty sure he bought every year up until this year. He's bought some from up there. Well, I know he had some, like, that he come through the Thompsons and stuff up there. and You can tell because they got just a little bit of Highlander in them. <laughs> what, uh, well, and I'll tell you what's happening up there right now. That's I'm curious to see how it plays out. But used to be, my whole life, it was like you save up, you work all winter. So when summer gets there, you can go rodeo or rope or whatever. It's, it's changing now. You got people that are like, hey, I'm not going to drive all over the country and rope. I'm just going to work through the summer, save up my money because I'm going to go to Arizona. You got people actually swapping their schedule now. So the ropings up there are not as big as they were. And so the amount of cattle that people ship up there are not going to be what they were. So they, I don't even know. I, I, mean, I don't even know how easy it's going to be to find cattle, even if you wanted to. I don't know how many they're going to cross either. Well, so that's the other thing. I mean, you're kind of at the mercy of the guys that are rounding them up and bringing them up. They're cra it's crazy how much different they are crossing them, too. I can remember the guy I worked for 10 years ago crossing them, and they were old. I mean, they were probably, they'd be two or three years old. Black tips on their horns. Horns. Yeah. I mean, now they're little bitty. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. you got to feed them for a month before you can ever even, or you'll ruin them. You know, at a glance, you can almost tell looking at them across the pasture mexicans and natives even if they're the same color you can you can they just have a look you can tell but it seems to me like in the last couple of years because there's been such a need with arizona what doing what's doing with team roping in general doing what it's doing you, you know if you get them across they're going to be sold so you know that guy that might have held them back and let them grow up a little bit so they're more marketable he'll sell them now and, I, and the mexicans are starting to look a little bit more like the natives than they used to just because hey get i mean they're gonna sell yeah they're selling them as soon as they can. I mean, if they're big enough to chase, they're selling them. Yeah. So is this insider baseball? You can, like, like uh, safe word here would be Oklahoma if you don't want to talk about it. But do you go through the same guy every year for cattle as far as crossing them, or do you go through different buyers? Oh, same guy, Manny Flores. Oh, yeah. And he's in – is he in El Paso? Four hours from here. I don't know where he lives. I got an outside horse of his. He told me he lives four hours from here. I got you. And so that, is that when he crosses and that's delivered to you guys? Uh, yeah, he'll send him on a track. Yeah. Right. To the shoot. So I got a buddy that's got a that's got a uh, lease here in the desert that's ninety three thousand acres, which I can't wrap my mind around that. I, that that just seems like a state to me. Ninety three thousand acres is ridiculous and it's desert and like if you don't get any water you can't put hardly anything on it but i've wondered if a guy couldn't start buying more like potential types if a guy'd give you a break on them because you can kick them out there and they're not going to outgrow their horns you know they're going to eloy last friday and that's what ray 
Sigan said he was doing buying potentials 400 and turning them out on the. Well, if you got a place to do it, you know, they'll eat those mesquite beans and they'll stay alive. I, I've got some steers out there right now. I don't want to gather them up 93,000 acres. Well, have you ever, have you ever gathered with people that are, that have them out there? It's amazing. It's so cool. It is. So the way that it works is they, they'll have like a grid on each side of this entrance into the water and the cows will walk in, walk out, walk in, walk out. And then what they do is they, they untie them and let them swing closed. And so they'll sit there at the water trap, swing closed like a grid, like cross like that. And those cows will push through them and get in there and get water and then they can't, can't get back out. Down. And so you can't, you can't go gather on it. You're I mean, it's mountains and rocks and cat. You can't, you got to just, just set the water them. traps and go get them. Yeah. And, uh, but I've got some steers out there right now, not a lot, but I've got some steers out there right now that were just little and I didn't want to feed them through the summer. I had some bigger, older steers. And so we kicked them out. My buddy sends me a picture of them. They've been out there for, I don't know, like two weeks or something. And they're big. I don't know what they're eating. Hey, check this out. I wish you're not going to be able, you're not gonna be able to see it. If you're listening, I'll, I'll pull it up. But so a guy, I think a guy gets potentials and does that. I think you can. I think you could get by. I, I, like I said, with it growing, I'm wondering if those are the kind of changes that people are going to start considering. If Siggins is doing it, then you get to see if it's going to work or not. I guess. What? Uh, yeah, check this out. I know this is a really fun listening experience for everybody that's tuning in right here. It's 93,000 acres of that. Pretty bare. It looks like Australia, you know, like those videos of them driving around the carts and catching stuff with the, like the bull catchers over there. I don't know. I don't know what they eat. And he sends me a video the other day and they're fat and full. And we sent those ones last summer and they probably weighed five, five, five fifty when we sent them and we got them back. They were huge. Too big. Six, six fifty. I mean, really too big. We dried them up for a week, cut their horns off. I mean, we cut that much horn off each side. Goodness. Every one. So that's. That makes me nervous, actually. I wish you wouldn't have told me that because I, I sent them out there thinking they're little and they're going to, you know, they'll last for a little bit longer. I hope they don't get too big. We had we had bought a set of bigger ones from uh, Jeff Thorsonson, and they are the best practice steers ever. They're, and they weigh 600. Horns cut off, they'll still fit in the chute, dead straight, open up. I mean, it's riding colds and stuff. It's it's amazing. So um, do you guys, do you guys, with the horse business, because you guys do, are doing a little bit of that too, does that play into it where you're having to break in steers anyways that, How's that? How's yeah. that connect to what you're doing in the horse business? Yeah, we got some colts for sure. Help break them in, especially the way the swamp breaks them in. We put them on them and then shoot twice and then rope them twice. You've been over there to break mm -hmm. them in with us, you mm -hmm. know. Pretty swamper pretty. makes me laugh because every year that I've ever been there, come help break in steers. Macy, you can attest to this by either nodding this way or this way. I know you will. Every year I'm over there, he's like, "Oh gosh, I'm nervous. God, I don't know. This year it's." Yeah, these cattle, it's going to be, oh, what if, you know, I mean, it, September, to be around Swamper, he's not like his happy, jovial self. And every year it gets bigger, it goes great. It's always been awesome. And so I'm wondering, here's what I'm wondering, maybe you'll know. How good does Arizona have to get before Mike Fuller is in a good mood in September? I don't know. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> How many quits? <laughs> He'll be up tight until Vegas week for sure. That's a lot of overhead, I mean. Especially now with the way everything is, diesel's ten bucks. Everybody's saying they won't come out of here, but once they get here, you don't have to spend any money. That's the thing. I think it actually helps. Here's it, my theory. It'll I think only it helps be if they think outside the box. Older generation people are not bashing them or saying they're good or bad or whatever. But hey, diesel's ten bucks. We don't need to go out there. But I've rodeoed everywhere my whole life, and I'm telling you, once you get here. You're here. You can rope for two weeks on 40 bucks. Yeah. Saddle your horse, ride everywhere you want to go. Yeah. Well, and cowboy Uber or whatever that guy, that's a good thing. That might be something to look into. Um, well, and I, th I, I don't underestimate people's desire to be involved in what's going on. Nobody wants to be on the outside looking in and, and it just keeps the way it's growing. Like you said, people get here. I, I just don't see them not pulling up. And then that becomes a new kind of stress is that how big is it going to get? How many steers do we need? How much preparation time do we have to, because like it may, I think we're past thinking it's going to surprise you by being too small, but it it dang sure surprise you by being almost too big. I don't know how many how many ropings did Yost cancel last year during Vegas week. It was like they didn't feel any obligation. They're like, yeah, hey, we'll have the first couple, see how it goes, and then if we don't feel like it, if there aren't going to be time, we'll just cancel the other ones. So it's it, the big is big is probably more of a problem than too little. Yeah. Well, 
It's exactly how podcast works. We did it. We got all the way through it. I feel like I feel like I learned a lot. I'm curious. What I'd like to do is get you back kind of as things sort of progress and you see how it's coming together. And You bet. I love coming back. I mean, we're right here. It's a pretty easy drive from, from home. You guys just dip in on your way by and we'll right the get the update. I, I will, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do like a Vegas week update for people that want to hear how it's going and what the updates are. I think it's cool to, cause there's a lot of people that no matter what they would like, they can't get here or, you know, things dictate they can't be here. And so, you know, I, I would, I would assume like if it was me, I'd like to hear kind of what's, what's happening, what's changing, what's new and check out the roping calendar. Come on. Going hey, on. real quick, by the way, you guys, there was not an <laughs> you arena. You the look on his face, by the way. I know you can't. <laughs> you guys were by far the most supportive arena. Everybody now gets it. Everybody I've talked to now, they're For like, sure they get oh, okay, yeah, I got it. But you guys were the ones that like bannered up. Thank you guys. Shout out Roping Calendar. I, hey, thank you a lot. You guys hazed a bunch and, and it's coming back this year. We got the app coming out. The app is even better than the website, and so I'm I'm excited for people to see it. So, well, the website's the way to go. Yeah, I've been I appreciate. I can tell that. you, I'm, I'm, I know it's on my recents on my browser. You can just pull my browser up and hit the little roping calendar, and wham, there you go for you. It's crazy. Well, I, like I said, there everybody was kind of like you know it's new. Like you said, people can be resistant to change. I get that, and I'm not bashing any age group at all. But when we built it. We built it with four buttons. My grandpa, I think I told you this, my grandpa used to get mad because he thought I ruined his TV, and so I'd have to go down there and fix his TV. And finally, I just put tape over all the buttons except on, off, volume, and channel. And so we built the website to be that way. And, and you can look at our Google Analytics, and, like, the older people are using it. They like it. And, and I think they probably browse through it more because they maybe they're not on social media, but that's kind of their go-to. And so It's easy. Um, yeah, so it worked. And you guys, I appreciate you guys. Hey, I, I remember – coming to a rope and I don't maybe it's a 50 and over I was coming to talk about Sears or something I'm standing out there in the arena lining Sears and Karen's like check out the rope and calendar like it was I felt like I was part of the family it was it was awesome so okay <laughs> man I appreciate appreciate you guys swinging by when you guys yeah. get home tell tell Mike and Karen back that was so easy you guys need to go in there and do that when he invites you <laughs> thanks Down, down, down.